Welcome to Valpy Stugart Americana, an English-language, USA-based Valpy Stugart fan podcast where our views are unofficial, uninformed, and usually unprepared. Joining me, as always, our co-hosts, Austin and Jeff. Austin, our resident Freiburg fan, you can reach him at you underscore SCF underscore society to talk all the Freiburg news you would like to talk. And you can reach Jeff on Twitter at Lover to talk all the Hennis news you would like to talk about. And Lord knows there's a lot. You can reach me, Travis, at Hazelfish to talk about any kind of Stuttgart news you'd like to talk about. In this podcast, we talk about match day number 28, the Valve B Stuttgart Dortmund match in which Valve B lost two to three versus Dortmund. In part two of our podcast, we talk about our predictions for the upcoming match day where Valve B travels to Union Berlin. And along the way, we give you everything you've known to love. Terrible sound, terrible feedback, and some terrible takes. Well, that's about it. Let's get going. Thanks for joining us. Stuttgart Americana with me as always co-hosts out in NorCal which is a cool way to say Northern California Austin and Jeff Austin how are we doing today good how are you doing pretty good pretty good Jeffrey how are you doing today doing real well about two hours ago how are you guys <laughs> yeah uh it's a tough tough day in the land of Hennis that's no doubt um Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. But your guys' weekend, I think, started pretty well. From what I hear, there was a little bit of, Jeff, you uh, played a little golf this weekend. Oz, you too? Mm-hmm. Played yeah. some golf yesterday or Friday. Had a really good round. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm pleased about that. Shot an 82 at a pretty tough course. So uh, pretty happy. I kind of uh, I kind of uh, pushed off golf today. Had a chance to golf today for some family time. So here I am doing my with my family so <laughs> you are quite yeah. the family guy speaking of family guys austin how was your weekend away from your family oh with? it was fantastic well <laughs> <laughs> do over uh it, it really i really felt it no um i went and uh, uh a buddy of mine who i work with has connections with the golf course a couple hours away and he got me and a buddy of ours on the course for free. And so, you know, we went out there is right on the coast, right? So we're watching the ocean as we uh, uh, maybe possibly lied about our scores. And it was, it was a good time. <laughs> it sounds like winning all. Yeah. I, uh, some of you guys know that uh, I'm a high school track coach in my spare time. And uh, we ended up taking runner up. So second place in our tournament. And then, uh, I think kind of fitting of the match weekend for all of our clubs. When I came home, my dog ate my trophy. So <laughs> the trophy no longer exists. And that is kind of apropos for, I think, this uh, this match day. So let's get, in, let's get into it a little bit. So we are match day 28. And we're going to be talking about, uh, in part one here, the Valfi Stuttgart when they hosted Borussia Dortmund. Now these last, uh, these two matched up in December, match day 11, and it was a 5-1 to one Stuttgart win. Silas scored two goals. Koulibaly and Nico Gonzalez scored a goal. And Philip Forster, who is one of the favorite people on this podcast, scored a goal. And per Bundesliga rules, when Philip Forster scores against your team, the coach has to be fired. So Dortmund fired their coach, and they've kind of been struggling a little bit here and there for a team that you know should be in the Champions League or at least has aspirations. So we go to match day 28. We have the ninth place Stuttgart hosting fifth place Dortmund. Dortmund needed this win pretty bad to keep their Champions League hopes alive. Whereas for Stuttgart, now that relegation, sorry, Jeff, is out of the picture, they're kind of, it's kind of a different approach. So both teams were kind of going into this with different expectations, I think. Um, Austin, what were your expectations going into this one? No, I just wanted to see how uh, Dortmund would uh, come in and respond uh, based on. Uh, how they've been playing lately and based on, you know, the the last time they played Stuttgart, I wanted to see how uh, they would come out and match up with them again. Mm-hmm. Jeff, what about you? 
Well, you know, I think for the first time all season, admittedly, um, you know, Stugar was able to say, hey, listen, we're not we're not fighting for relegation here. I think we can actually kind of get rid of that talk. And I think this, the color guy mentioned it last week, how they kind of need to change their expectations, Stugar does, and kind of focus on now getting to the Europa. Um, that being said, I think it's probably a little bit more important uh, for uh, Dortmund, I think, this game, because, you know, we had talked about this before, how Champions League, it's Champions League or bust for them. I think that for Stuttgart, it's its all gravy, I think, making Europa, especially after being promoted after last year. Um, but I think there's a lot more pressure on, on Dortmund to get that Champions, you know, league this year. And I, honestly, I, I just, I don't think they're going to do it. So I think they, I think if, you know, watching the game, of course, I think I saw, you're able to see a lot of pressure on Dortmund. Um, yeah. 90 minutes, really. Yeah. It seemed like, especially in that first half, uh, when things were going against them, you could see their body language was just awful. You know, the announcers are mentioning it. And uh, Phil Bonney, who is the announcer, the, the main announcer for the game, mentioned that about Stuttgart. Actually, Jeff, what you said is that they're trying to not talk about Europa League as much as possible. But the fact is they're in, the race for it. And so a win here would have gone a long way towards kind of making that maybe a reality. But yeah, the two teams kind of came in with different expectations. I thought there was a lot more pressure on Dortmund than there was on Stuttgart. Uh, the thing I was kind of interested to Oz's point was see how this team would react with all the injuries. I mean, we've talked about it. Silas is out. Uh, Oral Mangala is out. Nico Gonzalez is out. Uh, uh, Gonzalo Castro, uh, the captain pulled out just before the game with some muscle. Injury. So there's a lot of injuries that are starting to build on this team that uh, could kind of slow their role, as the kids say, uh, a little bit. But expectations, you know, this is one of those games where you go into as a fan and you're like, listen, we're probably going to lose. So let's just have some fun with it. Let's see what happens. There's not a lot of expectations as a fan. Um, but as we went into that first half, very quickly, those expectations turned around from nothing to, hey, we're going to get three out of this. Um, I don't know if you guys are golfers. Uh, Jeff, let's start with you. Describe that uh, that Sasa Kalajic goal to me, <laughs> to somebody who didn't see it. <laughs> okay, as a golfer, it's almost like if you, uh, you're you teeing off on a par three and you just skull it. But sometimes <laughs> it's a roll down the fairway, roll down the fairway, roll down the fairway. <laughs> And now you got to tap in birdie putt, and I, and so, in some way, that sh- that the shot the, the shot was so imperfectly perfect. I mean, <laughs> like any header you're ever going to see, like it wasn't like most time you had the goal and it's just a rocket off the corner into the goal. I don't think they hit that lob wedge any more pure <laughs> than what he did. I mean, honestly, I don't even think it was a bad play by the goalie. I mean, he wasn't. Really caught flat-footed. He hit it in the only spot with the the lack of strength that ball had to score a goal. I think even Sasa was surprised by it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, it was. A, I think when that goal went in, uh, yeah, it was a flop shot. It was just something that just kept going up and up and up and up and mm-hmm. eventually rainbowed in. It was like almost an apologetic goal. But I think what they said that was the ninth assist for Borna Sosa. That was the seventh-headed goal, which leads the league for Kalajic. Uh, mm-hmm. That was the fifth assist from Sasa. I'm sorry, from Sosa to Sasa. Mm-hmm. I mean, we'll talk about this more later, but Kalajic and Borna Sosa are just awesome. So, they, so the first half, they get that goal. We're up a goal, um, and they could have been up again. Awesome. I don't know if you saw at the 30-minute mark, and we'll talk about uh, Koulibaly here a bit, but mm-hmm. he blows what is almost like an open netter. He can't get his feet right, and it could be two nothing Stuttgart. Stead still one nothing. Yeah, it, it was interesting. Um, uh, Kubali is, and we'll talk about it later. Going to be one of my goods. Um, mm. I if that if you take that play out of the game, I was really impressed with Kubali today. I mean, yeah, the, the the cross was right on his foot. I don't know what he was trying to do. It's I mean, it was like he was caught in a situation where he didn't know whether to try to stick it in or try to control the ball. But yeah, that that was the that was the only thing that I saw today from Kubali that 
I I didn't like. And I thought, and correct me if I'm wrong, I thought that was around like the 60, 63rd minute or something like that. Well, and, like, yeah, that's going to yeah. get into, that's gonna get into some of my comments later. Is that, that was actually the 30th minute. And then he had another issue around the 60th minute or so. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, so... So yeah, so the first half comes and goes, and uh, we're up one nothing. I think I texted Jeff you during the match, and I'm like, we just need to get to halftime to reassess because mm-hmm. this game is, you know, we're up but we're on our heels because Dortmund is coming. Um, mm-hmm. You could sense if if Schur got another goal, I really thought that Dortmund was gonna kind of put their 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 ears down or their ears up and just kind of back off. You know, they just looked like they were defeated. So the second half starts, and I told. Jeff, I think I texted you. I was like, listen, the first 10 minutes of this second half are going to tell us everything we need to know about the match. Um, turns out I was right <laughs> for, <laughs> for the yeah. wrong reasons. Uh, the first 10 minutes, it was like, boom, boom. What are you thinking at that point? Well, you know, it's funny because you, you mentioned a, a tale of two halves and and body language told it all. Like, I couldn't imagine if Stuttgart was up 2 nothing in that game because I think they actually got – pretty clearly outplayed in the first half and, and, and the lead. And you want to talk about body language. I'll get to this later about, but they had some of the most intense body language uh, Bruce Dortmund did. And, and, you know, to go, if they had gone to got down to nothing on that cool body goal, we we're just talking about, I, I can't imagine how many red cards would be thrown out the rest of the game. <laughs> um, yeah. And then next thing, you know, you, you start the second half and just like that, you know, Dortmund's up two to one and he has control of the game at that point. But again, it's when I, and I actually think that Stuttgart outplayed Dortmund the second half mm. and got outscored. Whereas Dortmund outplayed Stuttgart the first half and they got outscored. So it definitely was a tale of two halves. Yeah. It was, it yes, was- I, I'll, I'll say this. If you would have told me if this was the first Stuttgart game that I've seen all year and you had told me that Stuttgart is on average, the youngest team in the league, and that they just made promotion this league into the Bundesliga, I wouldn't believe you, because they they didn't play like a, a team that just got promoted. They and right. even after the second goal, they they still played like they were in the game. They didn't they didn't give up. They their energy was still there. So yeah, I would. I, the the point being is is. They they really impressed me with the fact that they didn't uh, put their ears up and just kind of give up on the game. Yeah, and what I like too is so they're they're down two one, and then uh, the next 20, 25 minutes of the five subs that Matarazzo, the Stugar coach, makes, four of them are offensive, um, and he goes for it. Um, mm-hmm. And what so somewhere around the 60th minute mark. He takes out uh, a couple guys, puts in Stenzel, who is defense, but then he puts in Austin's best friend, you know, Dadavi. Uh, Eric Tommy comes in a little bit later, and then towards the end, Darko Chulinov comes in, and Philip Clement comes in, all offensive players. And like Jeff said, it's the second half looked like uh, mm-hmm. looked like Stewart was going to make a was going to make a move there. Um, they were, in fact, they did. They had that counter, that breakaway, Dadavi, um, and this gets into cool volley a little bit. It has a great pass. Dadavi's able to put the goal away. We're up. Uh, we're back 2-2. And then, uh, like, two minutes later, <laughs> we're down 3-2 uh, again. Um, all right. So, the yeah, it was definitely, Jeff, like it, you said, a tale of two halves. Um, it was kind of interesting. So, the game ends 3-2. Uh, the stats, the XG was uh, Stuttgart 1.7. And Bruce Dortmund was 1.1. And, of course, you know, Dortmund scored three goals. I mean, the goals they scored were, I don't know how you're going to stop those. Um, possession was about 50-50. Stuttgart had 13 shots to 17 to Dortmund. Um, entertaining match, good match, disappointing to lose. But I think some of the players and uh, management said afterwards, like, listen, we played against one of the best teams in Germany, one of the best teams in really Europe because they're still in the Champions League. We kind of held ourselves, you know, eye to eye with them. And it's kind of like Austin, you said before, is uh, uh, it's a group, it's a team that, Maybe yeah, they're promoted, but they're not your normal promoted team. You know, they're yes, they're a promoted squad, but they're not the same as Bielefeld. You know, they're they're a different team that has big club experience, has some big players, and it's kind mm-hmm. of performing it. So at the end of the day, I thought that I could have seen a draw. It would have been nice, but the three-two seems somewhat deserved. 
Um, you know, and I don't really like what Matarazzo is doing, to be honest with you, because they, they really are in a place right now where there's nothing to lose. And, and, and you know, there's, a, there's a lot to gain, but really nothing to lose. They, you mentioned they subbed in like four offensive players. Why not? I mean, right. you're, not, you're not playing where you're trying to just, you know, uh, keep where you are in the standings, maybe get a point with the draw. Like, why not play? Mm-hmm. Why not see? You, you mentioned you've got, you know, three or four of these guys that are injured right now. And so put in some players that are offensive-minded players and just see what you can. See what you got with these guys. Yeah, and, and like you're saying, they're, they're playing with nothing to lose, but they're not playing desperate. Yeah, they're they're yeah. playing within a system, and and they they yeah. look like a mature team. Yeah. yeah, you're down by one goal. I mean, yeah, put in some offensive players, and you maybe get it back. If you go down two or three goals to Dortmund, I mean, you know, what's there to lose at this point? Really, right. put some guys and see if you can create a spark. I I mean, I like I like exactly where his lineups are. I like what he's doing with his players and putting them in young guys, moving by moving bodies around a little bit. So right. Yeah, well, speaking of a, uh, a spark, we're going to now move on to kind of our good, the bad, and the ugly segment that uh, is kind of copied from a 1966 Western. And, oh, fellas, I want you to wait for this. We're adding music. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> we hit the big <laughs> I'm sure we violated all kinds of copyright rules, but... Uh, that film was in 66, uh, so most of the people uh, right now aren't with us. So. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to start off with the good. I'm going to go kind of with what you guys have said. I love the aggressiveness of this team. I love that the subs were offensive. I get, you know, you had to uh, put them in. But my number one good is the team came in. They were aggressive from the get-go. Um, I like the game plan. I like the style. The announcer said at one point, he's like, I don't know what Stuttgart's game plan is. It's like, it's pretty clear what their game plan is. They're going to counterattack. They're going to go after you. Um, But my number one good was I love the aggressive play style of this team. I've loved it all year long. Loved it today. Didn't work out for us, but um, it was a lot of fun to watch. Austin, what about you? Yeah, I had a couple, but you just covered uh, uh, one of them. Uh, My good is Kabali. I've liked Kabali all season long. Um, but he, he, he seems to be starting to sense what his role and what his expect, expectations are. There was a play that in, in the first half where he got the ball in the defensive third, and instead of just kicking it upfield, hoping maybe somebody gets it or turning it back over to Dortmund, he, he stopped for a second, and he crossed the ball over to Sosa onto the other side of the field which meant that they kept possession. And I thought that really showed that he's starting to, he's starting to feel it. He's starting to understand what's going on. At least to me, that's what it seemed like. And I thought there was a couple plays where he, like on the, on the run where they got out on the three, one, three, two break that he started. I thought he, and, and, and it looked to me as I saw it in real time, because he came up the middle after after he passed it off to the wing. And it looked like to me that when he crossed, when the winger crossed it over to Sosa, that Kabali had a chance to put his foot out and, and try to get his foot on it, which would have gave him a clear path to the goal. But he, he allowed the ball to go through. And that just, to me, showed me that he has an understanding of what the team's trying to do. And he's trying not, he not, he doesn't seem like a bull in a china shop. At this point, it seems like he's a little bit under control. He's starting to understand the system. He's starting to understand what his role in that system is. And that was my good. Okay. Yep. I'm actually happy for once to not say Sosa. I think he had a really good first half, potentially invisible the second half. But I'm a little surprised. Am I good? I got two of them. I got the Davi. Hmm. Um, he scored the goal, but he also had that nice pass on that second goal. And don't forget that that bite, that backwards bicycle kick that <laughs> there would have been a that would have rocketed right in the goal. That was a great attempt at goal right there. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, I forgot I mean, all about that. That was such uh, right. That was right there. It was on target too. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would have been the goal. That would have been the goal of the week had not been for that defender right there. I think Zavi played. Really well today, to be quite honest, because he gave him some some props. I think my second one is is Anton, who was marked 
who was marked on Holland today. And I'll cover this later in another segment, but he had Holland pretty frustrated all day long. And I think that Anton um, really did a good job um, locking him down today. So I got to give him some props for sure. I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to bounce off that one. I, one of my goods that I had was the defense in general. I mean, the first half, I agree with Jeff, what you said earlier, that Dorman outplayed Stuttgart. But the individual defensive plays by Maverponis and Kemp and Anton were just stellar. We're keeping the team in, in the match. And Anton in particular, you're right, he frustrated one of the best and probably one of the most expensive players in all of Europe. Mm-hmm. And you could just tell by Holland and Holland – shows his emotions on his sleeve, but you could tell he was frustrated. And Anton, I, this guy is, talk about a steal of a center. We talked about him last week. Uh, he was relatively cheap. He cemented that defense. Um, I think it's just a matter of time before he's captain. The guy has just been yeah. solid. So, yeah, he. I had him down as my one of my other goods, too. Yeah. Uh, sure. Real quick, how, how, how many years do you have Anton for? Do you, well, do you know? I don't know for sure. I, I think he's only 23. And he's only on his first year contract, and usually they sign these guys for about a three year deal, maybe four. So he's pretty early, pretty early in it. Um, I think it's just a matter of time before he's playing for the national team. I mean, he's he's been awesome. Um, yeah, so I love the aggressiveness. I love the defense, uh, in particular Anton, which is weird. So this gets into the. I'm going to go to the bad now. Um, and this is kind of the Anton Koulibaly thing is my initial bad was going to be Koulibaly. It's and I get it. He's young, so he's only 20 years old. Um, I'm not ripping on him. I understand his progression, and honestly, I think you're right about his maturity. He's getting better and better, um, but he's so uh, hit or miss. I mean, the first 60 minutes, he had a couple bad plays, and then he has a play that helps spring the goal, and I think mm-hmm. you know, that's what you're going to get with a young player like that. Here's what's interesting, though. To your point, um, and Jeff, our point is the website FOTMOB that we all kind of go to for you know basic stats and stuff had Anton as one of the lower-ranked players of the match for Stuttgart. And I was really surprised by that. But they let up three goals, so I'm sure that played into it. And it had Koulibaly as one of the highest-rated Stuttgart players, which, again, I was really surprised, but he had an assist. So I don't know if this means those ratings are a little bit overrated or they don't mean as much but um i had him as one of the bads i i don't dispute him playing i think he would be better as a guy off the bench coming in the 60th minute um mm. but him and uh mateo klimovitz uh who did have i think one of the lowest ratings were kind of my bad and again i say with caveats they're young they're 20 you got to play them it's um i learned my mistake from nico gonzalez when i was you know very critical of him um, I love that Matarazzo has put him out there, but in this game, uh, Jeff, I thought they were bad. Well, you know what, Travis, I, I have to disagree with Austin and kind of agree with Travis on this. And I don't know where these stats come from. And I don't know how they make up these, um, like you mentioned, Anton and Kulabali, but you said this at one point too. And I think it's true with Anton. Sometimes when you play, when you're a defender, you just have to do some of the ugly things, you know? And you let up three goals, but if, you're, if your job is to mark one of the best players in all of Europe, guess what? I mean, you're not, you, you might allow some goals, someone sneaking through the backside. You're marking a guy who's, who I had no idea until today was the fastest guy in the league also. <laughs> yeah, he's mm-hmm. fast. He's strong. How do you stop that guy? But to, to, your, to the point, to go back, my bad, and I kind of feel like Austin is um, – Probably saw some things I didn't see. He's probably better at picking up things. But I went with Koulibaly. I think that even though, and it's funny because you mentioned he had that great pass, which started that second goal for Stuttgart, and give him credit there. But he also completely choked on a couple of goals that he should have had. Um, and I don't know if he got his feet crossed. I'm just not sure if he's if he's kind of like those scores that just needs that goal just to get that confidence back. But yeah. there are a couple crosses there where he should have at least got a shot on the net um he just completely whiffed on it and i think that you know you've you've got to be able to capitalize on on at least one of those and not on on two of them but he does a lot of the ugly work too i think travis mentioned that a little bit earlier 
some some of the invisible things, getting things started. He's a hustler for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's I, fair. I gave him a bad thing just because of his finishing was I think was pretty yeah. poor. Yeah, it's a very <laughs> soft bad. Let me ask you this. Yeah. Jeff, would you, we both have him on our bed, would you keep starting him, especially, you know, with the injuries that we have up front, would you continue to put him in the starting lineup? I, you know, I would. I would just put him somewhere more of the middle back, though. I wouldn't put him on, on the edge at all. I would probably still start Koulibaly just because I think he's probably a guy that, especially after today, missing a couple shots like that, that the last thing you do as a coach who wants to influence young players yeah. is... Right. And I think you just have to show him you still got confidence in his abilities. He's still, I mean, he's still a lightning rod when he wants to be. And mm -hmm. I, time when we mentioned they've really got nothing to lose. I think you just stick with him um, on, a, on a confidence level. Um, Koulibaly that, hey, the coach still, you know, go to him and say, listen, I know you missed a couple opportunities, but I'm going to stick with you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. so was he twenty? Is he twenty years old? He's only twenty. Yeah. I mean, so he, they, I think he they, needs. Yeah. If they did put him on the bench, who who would you put in his place? That's. I mean, that's a good question too. I I like some of the other guys, like uh, some of the young kids, like Dargo Chulnov. I'd like to see him out there. I think Philip Clement has some potential, but he has. Whenever he comes on, he's great. He's like a sauce, uh, Sosa light. He's really good at crossing the ball. I don't know if he's got the speed to play. Mm. Um, I don't think they have a lot of guys who can play on the wing. Um, I think Darko Chulnov is the one guy, but he's like, talk about just a, a bull in the China shop. Um, that kid, I like his potential, but he's just kind of all over the place. I, I agree with you guys. Is uh, he, Oz, you said it before. He's got a lot of maturity. He's getting better all the time. Jeff, you said it. Um, you don't want to ruin his confidence. Keep him out there. And they like said it, we're in a good position where with 39 points and, uh, you know, say you can do that. You don't have to worry about uh, you don't have to worry about him maybe making a mistake that cost you a game, you know that you're in relegation or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. My bad. My bad. Uh, real quick is just bad breaks. I mean, you you saw on the uh, one of the goals for Dortmund where uh, the Stuttgart defender makes a tackle on I believe it might have been Roos or I, I forget who it was, but yeah. he makes a tackle and it looks like uh, the defender got the ball and it, it allowed, or it seemed to allow the defense of Stuttgart to try to transition into moving up the field. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden the Dortmund player has the ball and uh, the, the, the striker for, for Dortmund just happened to be in the middle of the box all by himself at that point because it looked like Stuttgart was transitioning because everybody thought Stuttgart had, had, had won the ball back. And so I, there was just a couple of times where it was just bad breaks, it, yeah, it seemed yeah. to me. I guess where I would go from from there, from the good, the bad, now the ugly, is that, um, and I'm going to say it, darn it, uh, the announcing. I thought the announcing was – too much of a homer for Dorman. Uh, <laughs> I, I, waited, I, I waited this long. Uh, I usually don't, you know, say this kind of stuff, but uh, probably because I just don't know who's calling the games. I'm actually called. I don't want to say called out. I criticized uh, Phil Bonnie on Twitter, who's the uh, one of the main announcers. Does a great job. And I was like, this isn't fair. <laughs> I don't. And he's like, well, you know, uh, he is Dorman. And I've had Stugart players on before, and Sean Dundee is one of them, and they're pretty uh, pretty on the side. But I'm going to say the ugly was uh, Patrick. I'm going to mess up his name. I'm going to be an honest this week. Patrick, Patrick. Omovea. Um, yeah, yellow and black. Uh -huh. and, and I want a redo. I think <laughs> disqualification. <laughs> I want a new uh, new match. So that was my ugly, was the, uh, the announcing I thought was a little bit too pro- Dortmund, Austin. My my ugly is I had two of them. Uh, one was Dortmund's kits. I I don't know what's going on with Dortmund's kits. Those are <laughs> and, and my my second ugly is Stuttgart coaches choice for game attire. Uh, Does that guy own a dress shirt? I don't think or, he owns or socks. something. I don't think he owns socks. I saw that. <laughs> like his pants barely covered his ankle. 
and mm-hmm. um, he wasn't wearing socks. That can't be comfortable. I agree with They're you. They're called capris, guys. Come on. Uh, <laughs> go to our fashion expert, Jeff, the nurse who wears pajamas mm-hmm. to work every day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, Jeff, what about you? Anything ugly from the match? Yeah, my ugly was kind of a stretch, because, and I should have went with you guys, something like that. My ugly is a stretch. I picked Holland, actually. I thought that, okay, nobody, you know, the three of us, of course, don't know what it's like to be probably the, one of the best players in the world. Whoa. Ooh. They're in this position where they are struggling, right? They're definitely struggling. They're, they, and he almost looked like to me like a few times, like, like a diva wide receiver who didn't get enough pass attempts in the game. And he physically kind of just throw his arms and kind of pout on the field. I mean, he looked like a great teammate, at the end of the game, when I think it was Nalf who scored that goal, went up, but then not five minutes later, when they had an, another attempt to possibly score, they crossed it over and they missed him. And you saw him in the back on the on just kind of just almost like throwing a little hissy fit again. I'm like, I don't know if he's you know he's got the pressure to you know score lots of goals and get those wins, but right. I just think, I just think on the, for a team that struggles like that, I just think that he looked bad. I just think it, I think it was a bad look. So I gave the to Holland this week. Mm. I will, and yeah, I, as much as I am crying about uh, Patrick Ovomovea and his announcing, he, to his credit, mentioned it during the match about how the Dorman players' body language was terrible. And Holland in particular wasn't hustling back and on certain plays and all that stuff. So, so yeah. So, all right. So that's our good, the bad, the ugly. Hold on. All right. There it is. All right. So that just cost us seven thousand dollars. Yeah, but that's this podcast though. It's gotta be top ten in the world now, though. I mean, it, it, yes, this podcast is probably rising up the ranks. In fact, I think I actually I lost a follower earlier today. So, so the I mean, announcer. You want to get closer? Yeah, probably. Phil Bonnie, we apologize. All right. All right. So. We aren't, uh, in part two, we're not going to interview anybody because I don't know anybody who's a Dorman fan. And uh, good. I'm glad. (laughs) (laughs) Thank God. Well, well, Jeff, after Kong gets relegated, possibly, maybe you could uh, could join the ranks. Well, you know, I I, I just told Travis, I said, I'd almost rather just stay down in the second league five years as a mid-table team because this is way too much pressure to, like, to win games, to prevent relegation, to win games, to get promoted again. I almost just, you know what? I'm going to have a B2 team that's going to be a B2 team. I'm going to pick a brand new team in the upper level that's not a Dortmund, it's not in the Munich, but somewhere right stuck, like an Augsburg. Oh, jeez. Oh, right. Another team I can't stand to watch, but it's just never going to go anywhere. Somebody <laughs> shut him off, please. You stay All away right. from Hertha. You stay away from Hertha, Jeff. Yeah, her That's yours. You can have her, Oz. <laughs> All right, we're moving on to part two, which is our predictions for next week. Um, if you don't know how this works, the Las Vegas puts a spread on each game and basically gives the underdog a half a goal or more. Uh, and then we try to predict who's going to win. Uh, going into this match day, Austin is leading five to three. He, he won five of his matches. Travis has four wins. Jeff has three. We're still waiting on the we're still waiting on the Monday results, so we can't put the final results in. But Travis leads the all told numbers with 34 wins. Austin has 31. Jeff has 29. So as we go to match day 29, let's start off with the Stuttgart match. Stuttgart is going to play Union Berlin. Uh, match day 12, I believe it was. These two played. Stuttgart was down 0-2, but then in the 80th minute. Sasa Kalajic came into the game, and in the 85th minute, in the 89th minute, scored two goals to get the draw at the last minute. Uh, Kemp, because he got picked up his uh, fifth yellow card, is going to be out for this match, so he's not going to play. Um, Union, they are seventh on the table. They Damn. have, in their last five, they have a draw, win, loss, draw, draw. Uh, they just came off that draw versus Bayern Munich. Ah, uh, Stuttgart, in their last five, they are ninth on the table. They have a draw win, loss, win, and the loss today. Union Berlin is minus 0. 0.5. Um, I'm going to take Stuttgart in this one. Um, Union's a tough team. I like getting half a goal. 
I'm concerned really about the injuries that are hitting the Stuttgart roster. But I don't think either of these teams have much to worry about. So they're just going to go. It's going to be kind of free-flowing a little bit. Stuttgart mm-hmm. usually doesn't play well against a team that kind of parks the bus. I'm not sure what Union's going to do. But I'm going to take Stuttgart plus half a goal. Austin, lead us off. What about you? Well, where are they points-wise? Ah, well, this is actually – I'm glad you brought this up. That uh, So – Three, four, and three and four. Uh, Wolfsburg and Frankfurt are fifty-four and fifty-three points. Dortmund, with their win, has forty-six points in fifth place, and Leverkusen is forty-six uh, place with forty-three points. I'm guessing one of those, you know, two. Dortmund is maybe the one team that can make a move to Champions League. So it's Leverkusen at sixth place with forty-three. Union has forty. Gladbach has forty, and Stuttgart has thirty-nine, and Freiburg has thirty-seven. Those are teams seven. Through 10. And my guess is one of those four is going to finish in the seventh place, which will most likely get you the Europa Conference League, which, depending on who you talk to, you know, nobody cares about. So that's where they're at. Union's got 40, Stuttgart's got 39. What do you think, Oz? Well, I think I, I've been saying for a couple of weeks now that this was the game that I was looking forward to for you guys. This was the one that I thought this was going to set up for. A make or break game for for the campaign, and I think what I saw from Stuttgart, I I like what I saw from Stuttgart today, even even in the loss. So I'm going to take Stuttgart to win this game, and I'm taking Stuttgart to get that that seventh spot. Now, were you looking forward to this game because you mistook Berlin for Hertha Berlin, your second favorite team? Is that why? Uh, it may have been, but uh, <laughs> but right. uh, Jeff, that's two votes for Stuttgart. What about you? God, Austin's so fickle. Hey, <laughs> quick question though, off subject. So, in order for them to have the seventh team in Europa, does Munich have to win the Champions League? No. So, what it comes down to is, so the top six teams get postseason, basically, right? And the seventh place team will qualify if one of the top six teams wins the Pokal. And I believe, oh, I okay. I think that's Leipzig. And I don't know. Uh, I can't remember if it's Frankfurt or Wolfsburg are still in it. So there's a pretty good chance that okay. seventh place is going to work out. Um, yeah, this game is huge. These are two teams that have basically everything to win and nothing to lose. Um, and they see pretty evenly matched. I'm looking at the stats, but are you going to give Stuttgart a half a goal? I'm going to take it. So I'll yeah. take plus the point five. All right. That's a clean sweep for us. Good news. Every single time that we have picked a clean sweep, we have all lost that bet. So there's nice. a little fun fact for you. <laughs> so, <laughs> nice. Those of you who are that are listening and placing bets, keep that in mind. All right. So the Friday match is going to be Leipzig hosting Hoffenheim, two clubs that most people aren't very big fans of. Leipzig just came off that win versus Bremen, 4-1. to one. Hoffenheim, uh, they're playing Monday, so we don't know what their uh, stats are. But they've lost three in a row. It's Leipzig minus 1.5. Leipzig is in second. Hoffenheim is in 12th. Now, get this. Hoffenheim has 30 points. Uh, right now, 15th place is 26 points. Hoffenheim is finding themselves in a tough spot. I'm going to go with... Uh, that's a lot of goals, 1.5 goals. I'm going to go with Leipzig at home. I think Hoffenheim is going to grip a little bit, and I think they're going to get themselves in a little bit of a uh, little bit of a relegation battle. Jeff, what about you? Listen, I wish I was in a relegation battle. I, <laughs> I think I'm relegated. But um, I would like to see somebody else kind of back there sweating it out with me a little bit. So I'm going to take Leipzig minus 1.5. Mm-hmm. Awesome. How, how, far, how, how far back is Leipzig from uh, Bayern right now? You know what that that Union tie would have been uh, kind of would have made it interesting. I actually didn't even write it down because of my dislike of first place teams. Uh-huh. Um, I think it's five points though. It's it's five not points. Um, yeah, I think it's five points. It's not. Let me check on the old internet here. Huh? It is five points. Thanks, internet. So it's five points. Yeah right now yeah i i, I gotta take leipzig as well i think leipzig again there's what six games left in the in the season i i right. think 
they they're looking at Hoffenheim and going, these are points we have to get. So yeah. I think they're going to come out with a lot of energy and I think they're going to strike quick and, and try to get this game over by halftime. Another clean sweep, Vegas. I hope you're listening. All right, so the Saturday matches, Gladbach is going to host Frankfurt. It's a, get this, a pick em. Frankfurt has won three in a row. They just came off that big win versus Wolfsburg, four to three. Gladbach came off a draw versus Hertha, but they were down, down a man. Uh, this takes me three seconds. Uh, I'm taking Frankfurt in the pick em. Austin? I'm going to take Gladbach just just to add some separation. <laughs> it's, it's, that's analysis, folks. Jeff, what about you? I feel like I'm getting a game back on this one. I'll take Frankfurt. Yep, 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 yep. All right, next up is everybody, possibly Jeff's next favorite team, 11th place Augsburg, who just came off that loss versus Schalke, of all people. Um, they are hosting, oh boy, Armenia Bielefeld, who is in 16th place. <sighs> they came off that win versus Freiburg. Uh, it is Augsburg's minus half. Uh, again, I'm going to take Augsburg because Travis never bets against Augsburg. Austin, what about you? I'm going to take Augsburg because, again, uh, for Jeff's sake, I need I need Bielefeld to lose this game. For Jeff's sake, Jeff, speaking to you, what do you say? I can't wait for them to come out with the fact that Augsburg is missing like six players due to COVID and three. <laughs> It's like, it's just, that's just how it's going to work out. But I've got to take Augsburg minus a half a goal. For the love of God. Yeah, it's always tough to take Augsburg minus points, but they don't lose. Of course, they lost a shot. So who knows? All right. So here we go. Uh, Wolfsburg is hosting Bayern Munich. Wolfsburg just got shellacked by Frankfurt. Uh, Wolfsburg is third on the table. They're only getting half a goal versus. Bayern Munich, who was in first place, but they just came off that draw. Travis is taking uh, Bayern. Jeff, what about you? How in the world did did Wolfsburg give up four goals? I think yeah, we just got seeing how great their defense was. And but here's the interesting take I think on Munich though is Munich. Did you watch that that those stats against in the champion? They had like thirty something shots in that game. Right, one goal. So I think. The Lewandowski injury is looming pretty large, I think. I'm surprised that – I mean, like I said, they're down to five. I see them, you know, see Leipzig kind of creep back a little bit, not because I like Leipzig, just because I want a photo finish. But I'm going to take Wolfsburg plus .5 this week. Yeah. Yeah, just talking about the uh, the Champions League game that they had, uh, they had 30-some shots and they ended up losing, what, two to one or something like that. Yeah. Um, so was it just a matter of bad luck or – you couldn't put the uh, ball in the hoop or whatever, but boy, oh boy. Yeah, they had a lot of shots. All right, Oz, uh, what about you? Wolfsburg plus 0.5. I'm going to take Wolfsburg. I think Wolfsburg going to really focus on getting back to their defensive uh, tactics this week, and I think it's going to work out for them. I think, so I'm taking Wolfsburg. I think Can I just say how I love how it's – I love it. I'm going to start calling it Wolfsburg. <laughs> well, <laughs> the Wolfsburg puppy dogs. If you've listened to any of Austin's podcast or part of his contributions, you realize he's been calling Augsburg Osberg, uh, <laughs> trying to name it after himself, Augsburg Osberg. So, I'm not I'm not surprised we have some pronunciation issues on this podcast. <sighs> All right, speaking of issues, Austin, your Freiburg is in their last five games. They have only won one. They're coming off a loss to Bielefeld on Friday, but they're tenth on the table, so they're good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Minus one goal, hosting last place and dead in the water, Schalke, who actually just came off a win um, versus Augsburg. Austin, here's your moment. What do you have to say? Well, uh, the last game, and we talked about it last week, was where where was the offense going to come from? And so I think that's going to play into this game against Schalke is that, um, you know, having Holer – and uh, it, it, the other striker, Demerovic, I believe it is, nailed it. And ha- having them back, plus Griffo was out as well. Um, and having those three back and rested, um, I think that's going to play into our favor. Um, this game was, and I'm not saying it as a negative or a positive. There, I was watching this game, and around the 60th minute, I realized that 
these refs are letting them play. They're not blowing any whistles. And and there was a couple of them where where I thought it could have went into uh, Freiburg's favor, but it didn't. And but it, it was nice to see a game where it wasn't somebody falls down and they blow a whistle and they have to you know stop for a free kick. And so, but yeah, I I I think the the rest of the player the rest of the players that were out last week is going to play into our favor. And I, I see us taking this game. All right. Jeff, how you? What's the spread on this? You said, I forgot already. <laughs> Freiburg minus one. You know, I hate Freiburg. And, and honestly, I'm glad all your players are coming Jeff, back. It's, it's, it's pronounced Freiburg. Freiburg. <laughs> <I'm sure. laughs> you know, Freiburg should be your next ex-wife as far as I'm concerned. So all your players are coming back against Schalke. Of course, they're all injured during the team I wanted to win. So, you know, I'm going to take Schalke, which I knew I said wrong for me. <laughs> Plus one, because I just – I hate I hate free work. <laughs> oh, Schalke. Jeff, I will join you, and I will take Sh- Sh- Shuka? Shuka? Schalke? <laughs> yeah, it's Shuka. You nailed it. <laughs> Plus a goal on that one. All right, Jeff, it is your moment. Uh, you guys, the Bayer Leverkusen – um, who, again, we don't know if they're going to win or lose tomorrow. They've won two of their last four. They're playing Hoffenheim on Monday, so the results are not in for that as we record on Sunday. They're minus one goal versus the Billy Goats, who just lost a heartbreaker today in a relegation dogfight versus Mines. Uh, Cologne has only got two draws in the last five matches. They're currently 17th place with 23 points, three points behind Bielefeld, three points be- behind Hertha. And now five points behind mines. Jeff, what say you? I'm not taking Cologne the rest of the way. I don't even care what the point spread is. So <laughs> I mean, but with a minus, minus a goal, I mean, at, at the worst, that's a draw for the betters in the world. So there's no way we're going to win that game. So I'm going to take easily Leverkusen minus, minus one. All right, Oz, what about you? Yeah, I, I haven't watched a lot of Cologne games, and, and I'm, I'm going <laughs> to... You I'll, save I'll, yourself 90 minutes of your life. <laughs> I'm going to touch on a sore spot, which I'm sure Jeff won't uh, go off on, but it's not the first time today when I was watching them that I saw a ball that Horn let by that he didn't even attempt to make a dive at. And it was so frustrating. Oh, and, and uh, but again, uh, here that's here or there. Uh, I'm going to take uh, Leverkusen. Um, <laughs> you know what? I'm going to take FC Cologne. I'm going to do it. One, oh, okay. I'm going back. Nice. Uh, do we do we have the stats on you uh, taking Cologne? I will go back and look at that. But I'm sure it is all it is fantastic luck for your team. I like the way they played today. You could tell they were missing Anderson. They played a long ball defensive football and they were they should have won that game and i know what it could have should have and i know xg is whatever but they were much better than mines through much of that match and it was just bad luck which you can't calculate i like the way mines is playing leverkusen isn't the same leverkusen that we know they play a much more defensive brand now and um i i think the next two matches for clone are tough but if they can eke out anything I like their chances of last month. I really do. I feel like the Stuttgart podcast would not be Stuttgart podcast if I didn't go off on Hennis a little bit. And thank you, Austin, for bringing up the obvious. And it's true, though. I mean, so he, okay, let me just, he's out of position, which he 90% of the time is out of position. And then Austin said the point. He stood flat footed. He made it look like, the ball was like rocketed from a cannon into the lower right corner. It w- that's not the case. Was it a good? Yeah, I think I actually hit the inside of the post and went in. It was a good shot. But when he stands flat-footed, it makes it seem like it was a brilliant shot. And it wasn't. He didn't even move. Yeah, e- each replay that they showed, it looked like he could have got it even more. I he and I think he's seven yards out of the box. See, I, that's where I will agree with you. I think they were good goals. But I think his positioning is so bizarre. Like, it's, it's, he is three, four, five feet uh, advanced past what I think he should be. And so he right. can't, he can't make a move on the goal, on the ball, because 
he's in a, a pretty bad position to it. And this goes back to something we talked about a long time ago. Uh, when you guys signed Zeeler, I was convinced that he, as your current backup goalie, was going to eventually start. And Horn, to his credit, got things together and um, kind of held that off, if it was ever an issue. I don't know. But uh, I don't think he could have stopped either goal. But you'll never know because his positioning just seems so off. And uh, It just seemed like know. he could have at least got a finger or a hand on that last one. That's yeah, that well, was, I don't know, or maybe just set your alarm clock and wake up, and then do it. <laughs> <laughs> you know. All right. So the next two matches are pretty tough for Cologne. So, uh, like I said, we'll have somebody do some health checks on Jeff just to make sure he's he's still around. All right, let's go. We'll wrap these up pretty quickly. We've got uh, the Sunday matches: Dortmund minus a goal versus Bremen. Uh, Bremen has lost four in a row. Uh, Dortmund just came off that win. Versus Stuttgart, like we talked about. Dortmund minus one. Bremen, they're in a rough spot. Bremen is actually with 30 points. They're in that. They need to get a win. And I don't think it's going to happen here. I'm going to take Dortmund minus one. Jeff. I agree with you, Travis. They need a win. They're not going to get it. I think Dortmund is by far the better team. And I think Holland's going to be itching to score some goals. I'm going to take him by minus one. Yep. Awesome. I'm going to take Bremen. I think Holland's going to press too hard to try to score those goals, and I, I don't think he's going to get them in. All right. Last match of Sunday of match day 29 is Mainz, who is 14th on the table, versus Hertha, who is 15th on the table. This is a big one. Mainz coming off that big one. They've got three wins in their last five. Uh, Hertha's got two draws, but they've got two draws and two wins in their last five. So these are two teams that are in pretty good form. It's a pick em. Uh, Mines is at home. Mines is just playing with a certain level of confidence right now. Um, boy, I think Hurt is going to be in that dogfight all year. I think Mines is about to get out of it. They have to. Their last four games are rough. Uh, they're playing focused. They're playing well. I'm taking Mines in the pick'em. Austin. You even need to have to ask. <laughs> Hurt it is. God. Your <laughs> love affair with Hurt is going to kill me, Austin. Honestly, I think that um, I think I, I think Mines for Hesse's has to win that game. Now I think they're going to be long gone. Um, as much as I want to say I want to take my second draw, I'm going to take Mines in the pick'em. I think as well. Yeah. All right. So there we have our predictions for Match Day 29 that's coming up. All right. So we're about to wrap up this podcast here, but as we always do, we're going to wrap it up with what we learned. And one of the things we learned during the uh, broadcast of the match today was. The magic spray, as uh, one of the players, yeah, was on the on the ground, and Phil Bonnie mentioned the magic spray and what kind of special ingredient might be in that magic spray. We've all seen it. Players go down, uh, a physician comes out, sprays them with the magic water bottle, and boom, they are back. It's like the fountain of youth in a bottle. So my question to you guys, my what we learned is what is there anything you've ever made or anything you've ever done to where the secret ingredient played a key role in the success of that particular item. Um, who wants to lead off with what we oh. learned? Secret ingredients. Yeah, so uh, I was uh, privy to a uh, formula that I learned from our grandmother. Um, she was told by a friend of hers that if you have a glass of gin and you put a raisin in it, that it's a cure-all for anything that ails you. And, I remember that story. Yeah, and, and not coincidentally, that was around the same time that I uh, got you that Ginsek jersey, which I'm sure I'm announcing his name is properly as well. <laughs> Former Stuttgart striker, uh, Danielle Ginsek, yes. Uh, you did no, no, no. It's, it's, it's Ginsek. Check in. I got the gin part right, and that's all that matters. Well, Austin, yeah, what are you guys? Are you guys drinking the same thing right now? What do you? What do you? No, I am having a Gaffel Kolsch in honor, uh, memory, uh, morning of uh, one of my favorite clubs, Billy Goats. So I'm having a, a finger or two of uh, Jameson whiskey, Black Barrel. While you're oh, your son, I think I, I think you won a bet to get that, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Well, this is whiskey, not the rum. Oh, so whiskey. All right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I what I've learned is is and I, and I actually I think 
I will kind of put this with the the West Golf outing yesterday. Ah, yes, yes. Austin's golf outing. And with so our the West, in case you didn't know, is, is, is Austin and our other friend, good friend we grew up with, Ian, who uh, kind of live in the same area. They go golfing. And they haven't golfed in about six months together. This is the first ad of the year. And what I think I learned is the West is always the West. There's cheating, mockery. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think what I've learned is no matter how bad your shot is, you're going to find a mojo. <laughs> Whether the ball is in the creek, in the woods, um, you know, in, on, the, on the wrong hole, you're going to find a mojo in the fairway and, and, and pick up <laughs> your ball was and lo and behold there it is i yeah, learned it's, the best of the west my god i love them mm-hmm. well it's yeah. not it's not cheating if you are debating the scores yeah there, there's a lot of debate for those of you that are golfers out there you know that mojo is one of the most popular golf ball brands that in are in existence and so austin and ian often hit with mojos because you can find a mojo all over the golf course so even if you hit your ball into the ocean Chances are somebody has hit a mojo somewhere. And you will yeah, find I love about that story too, though, is that they bet, they bet dinner and drinks, and Austin won, which is mm-hmm. Austin won, and he passed one. out. So he did not get his dinner or his drinks, which I think is fantastic. So yeah, which all is, he got, was, all he got was pride. So which, which is you know expected in the West. Yeah, around these parts, pride is about all we. You all expect we, pride in the West. <laughs> Not really. Hard time that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> my secret ingredient, as you guys know, there's the famous Hasselwork Christmas cookies. Um, oh yeah. Oh, they're, geez. Yeah. They're geez. basically a gingerbread thing, but it's like 11 cups of flour and uh, all these different ingredients that are in it. And um, so I've been making them for years and they're pre- terribly popular. Keyword terrible on that. Terribly. Yes. And uh, the one year I put in one pound of carrots into the cookies and, you know, mailed them back home and all that stuff. And nobody noticed the difference. And I finally talked to, uh, you know, our grandmother, the put your raisin in the gin to be healthy lady. And uh, I was like, yeah, you know, how'd the cookies turn out? She's like, oh, they were great. I was like, yeah, I, was, I found it really bizarre that I had to put in one pound of shredded carrots in cookies. That doesn't make sense. She's like, carrots, what are you talking about? It's like, look, the recipe called carrots. And she's like, no. So I had misspelled currants, which is like a raisin, and instead put in carrots. The cookies are so bad that you could put in a pound of a random vegetable and nobody would be the wiser to how terrible these these cookies but are. But didn't you also put in like a bottle of, of was it as opposed to like a, what, a cup or a teaspoon or whatever the hell it calls well, The recipe also calls for a cup of brandy. And I misread the instructions again and put in an entire bottle of brandy. <laughs> I mean the bottom. The, yeah, the moral you is. You know what's disappointing about that story was? So I I've told people about your Hazel cookies for years. I said, listen, I, I guarantee you, these will be the worst cookies you ever. <laughs> <laughs> and you, but you've got to try them at least once, right? You've got to try it at least once. Yeah. And so you mailed again. You mailed cookies again this year. And I got this package. I put it on the tree, right? Mm-hmm. And, and listen, Christmas morning. You know, we're going to open up that package. We're all going to take a little chunk, and we're going to have it together. Well, Chris refused. My mom <laughs> refused. Anyway, so I, I passed it out. So I think Lindsay had one. Uh, Mason had one. I had one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, on the counter, let's go. But listen, use your back teeth because you're going to chip your teeth. <laughs> one, two, three. And damn, I'd be surprised if it wasn't actually sort of kind of not bad. Hey! And, but the cool thing was, is like, we were all disappointed in it. Like I, we almost wa- expected and wanted to be terrible, like it normally is. Like, what did he change? Was it extra frosting? Did you use flour? Did you use sugar? Did you take out the vegetables altogether? Like, what did you? Do? Well, obviously, if they tasted good, he didn't follow the recipe. Yeah, I, I think that is a great way for us to cap this podcast with: if you have expectations that are so bad, so terrible if you just perform slightly above that level everybody's impressed everybody's happy i think and ruin christmas for us I mean, I... 
Well, there's a Thanks. German phrase called Schadenfreude, taking joy out of others' misery. <laughs> Let's just say it made my Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> All right, gentlemen. Oh, oh, fantastic. So joining me this week, we will meet up again for Match Day 29 analysis, the likes of which uh, you've probably never heard, which is probably true. So before we leave, let's sign off with our new production. All right. <laughs> oh All right, gentlemen. I'll see you next week. I'll see you next week, guys. <laughs> hey.